In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace be from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If we look around our world, we will see a lot of zeal. But most of it is misplaced zeal. People are zealous for things that are neither good nor bad and in and of themselves. But they're also zealous for wrong things. Because there are all the protests and parades where people zealously promote and support pseudo-marriages, sexual immorality, rejection of one's God-given vocation as a man or woman, killing babies or ruining someone's reputation. They march around and shout about how important these things are. They fill the street and air with their enthusiasm and energy, but their zeal is directed at protecting their sin. They're fighting against God and against creation, and so they must muster up everything they can to try and reshape creation. Besides this zeal, there's one other major avenue where zeal is regularly expressed. Sports. People are zealous for their team. You see it in all the paint and colors and poster waving. You see it in the rowdy fans and those who throw parties, which sometimes get out of control. You see it in the chest bumps, high fives, and jumping up and down. You hear it in the victory whoops and screaming fans. Where the zeal goes wrong is when it is destructive or reflects idolatry. Sometimes we also see zeal for a particular political candidate or for a good cause. But what we do not see often is zeal for the Lord. There are two main reasons for that. First, our sinful nature fights against such zeal so that we are complacent and apathetic. Second, those who are actually zealous for the Lord are consumed. That's what Psalm 69 reveals. The psalmist calls out to God for help because his enemies are attacking. And what is the main reason they are persecuting him? Because he believes in the Lord and lives out his Lord's word. His enemies are God's enemies and they are persecuting him because he is representing God to them. He is standing up for the Lord in a world that does not want to hear from God. That is why his zeal is consuming him. He stands out in the world, and the world thinks he has the wrong kind of zeal. It's opposed to it, and it's opposed to him. The world is opposed to zeal that is for the things of God because such zeal convicts them of their own sin. This zeal reveals that they are not living according to God's word and will. This zeal shows them how they are wrong. Today in our Gospel account, John quotes Psalm 69, which is quoted several times in the New Testament, and he does so in order to point out that this is exactly what will happen to Jesus. If you look at Psalm 69, verse 9, you'll see that it says, For zeal for your house has consumed me. It's in a past tense. This reflects the certainty of what would happen. When John includes 
this psalm in his gospel account, he changes it to zeal for your house will consume me. John does this to point us forward from this event in the temple. If he had left it in the past tense, we would think that this was only referring to his tossing of the temple, but he is not consumed then. That comes later. That comes at his Passover, not this Passover. And that Passover is coming. It was coming. Jesus told the Jews that they could destroy his body and he would rise after three days. He told them that they would consume him. They would destroy him. They did not believe him or understand him. His disciples didn't get it until after he rose from the dead. Jesus had replaced the temple. The temple was God's house, God's dwelling place on earth. But now God was dwelling in the flesh of man. God had come down in human flesh, a human dwelling place, a human temple. But not only was he like the temple in this regard. Jesus had come to fulfill the purpose of the temple. The temple served as the place where God and man met through the blood that covers over man's sin so that mankind can once again enter God's holy presence. Jesus takes over this purpose. He was the ultimate sacrifice to cover over man's sin. He was the last and only sacrifice needed. His body destroyed on the cross and his blood shed takes away your sins and mine, takes away the sin of the world, the whole world. Such sins we need removed. Look what mankind did to the holy temple of God. Rather than treating it as God's temple, they were treating it like their own. It has become a marketplace, a, a place of making money. This is making a mockery of the holy things of God. This is not how God's house is to be run. It's not a business. It's the place where God comes down to meet with man. It's not a money-making institution. It's not a place of greed and earthly enrichment. But man has taken this holy place and space and filled it with a new purpose. No longer was the space being used as God's holy space, but here it was being used for man's business. Thus Jesus is zealous for the Lord. This is not in accordance with God's word, so he chases them out. The holy space and place of God will not be used for the mundane purposes of man. There are other places where man can conduct his business, and the temple is not one of them. One of the church fathers, the Venerable Bede, pointed out that since the temple pointed to Jesus, who was without spot or blemish, he just threw out these money changers and sellers to show that his body was holy and cleansed of sin. In John, it's also clear that Jesus' body is set aside to be the holy sacrifice, the Lamb of God, who would give his body and life for his people. Jesus was dedicated to the purpose for which he came and likewise desired that the earthly symbol of his body reflect that purpose too. All this should cause us to repent. For we are no less like the Jews. We too take God's holy things and use them for common or unholy purposes. We dedicate space and a place 
to God and his word, and then we use it to make money and generate revenue. How many churches take property set aside for the proclamation of God's word and run a business out of it? They rent the space of mar for marriages or funerals to anyone and everyone rather than striving to maintain the place for God's word. They rent the space for concerts and speaking events instead of reserving it as a place of worship. But not only this, consider how we use our own bodies. They are temples of God and we use them as our bodies are only means and ways to satisfy our desires and wants. As if that's all they're meant for. We desecrate God's temple to fulfill personal desires. How do we treat the things of God? How do we treat his word as common or as holy? Is our zeal for him or something else? We have failed to treat God's things with the proper respect. We've not always acted like they are holy and set apart. We've treated God as ordinary and failed to see his things and his word as where he meets us to give us life and salvation. Still, Jesus goes there. He is zealous to do so. He goes to die, even though it is we who will destroy his body, even though we will falter and fail to live according to his word and ways. After all, he has come to establish the way and place for us to be with him, for mankind to once again be with God. Jesus came not to destroy the temple and our access to him, but to fulfill it. He is zealous to fulfill God's word. He is the new temple. Through him, we know God and we meet with God. Through him, we have pardon and forgiveness. His sacrifice covers over our sins. Through him, we have his holy supper and meal by which he delivers his sacrifice to us that we would be forgiven and ever able to live with him. Jesus died and rose again so that by his sacrifice, you and I might be made right with him and be holy creatures once again. He died and rose that we might be forgiven once and for all. He is zealous to save, and so he does just that. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.